This is the Senior Living Truth Series podcast, where we have candid conversations about complex issues facing today's mature adults. No sales pitch, only the truth. I'm Dr. Nikki Buckaloo. Welcome to the show. All right, let's dive in. You ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to learn something today. with us today, uh, Tara Harden from the Oklahoma Sheriff's Department, Oklahoma County Sheriff's Department. Hi, Tara. And uh, these guys uh, with uh, the triad and the SALT councils here, and they, they do scam seminars all over town. Paul. <laughs> I think they have a, a cheerleader, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, they do these seminars all over town. They do them a little bit differently. So what we're going to talk about today is not so much about scams, uh, but about the psychology of scams and how these con artists and scammers, whatever you want to call them, use our psychology against us to steal our money, our identity, or whatever else, sometimes our dignity, <laughs> frankly, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. And then at the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask some questions. And I may I very well ask her to come up and field some of those questions that you have because I won't be able to answer all of them. And we'll also give you some resources on how to learn more about these scams so that you can hopefully avoid them. Okay, sound like a good plan? All right, here we go, let's get started. So you guys know that I'm a big psychology buff. Um, That's what I'm trained in, that's my education, that's what I study incessantly, Chris will tell you. And psychology in all of its goodness is the study of our mind and our behavior right and all in all that's a good thing yes right when used for good psychology the study of psychology is a good thing the uh, APA or American Psych Association says their mission is to advance the creation communication and application of psychological knowledge to benefit the word benefits the key there society and improves improve people's lives So psychologists, therapists, social workers, people in the helping fields, people who are first responders, people in our law enforcement agencies, people in our government. Ideally, this is what they're trying to do when they use what they learn about us. And that's a good thing. And we think, okay, gosh, psychology is a good thing. And when I went into psychology as a young person, I thought to myself, this is a very noble field. Right? I felt really good about what I was doing. And these are some other folks that utilize the material that is learned through psychology and the study of psychology, right? We know that marketers, advertisers, uh, we know that medical professionals, we know that coaches, salespeople, politicians, do you think they use psychology? <laughs> and some might say for and some might say against us, I don't know, right? Depends on the motivation. Um, evangelists, did you know they use psychology? Right? They do. And fundraisers, people who are raising money for charitable causes, do they use psychology? Of course they do. So essentially all of these people, at some level, including myself here at the front of the room, we're salespeople. Now the question is, what are people selling? 
And are they selling, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> are they selling something for our benefit, for good, or are they selling something to take advantage of us or selling us something for their own benefit? That is the question. So there's tons of studies, there's tons of information, and guess who else uses that information? Yeah, con artists, scammers, and fraudsters. That's just another word for con artists and scammers, right? Um, pathological liars might fall under that too, but we're gonna talk about the difference between those folks and these folks, okay? So, has anybody uh, read any studies lately on frauds and people age 60 and older? I bet you have, Terry. <laughs> yep. So, I have uh, a lot of them, actually. And there are hundreds upon, well, thousands, actually. And depends on the, the perspective that people are coming from that they study it. What happens is universities, uh, departments, and students, and doctoral candidates, and you name it, research departments, they all, they, they put these studies together to try to figure out a few things. Number one, are we more vulnerable as we age? That's a question that is asked. If we are more vulnerable, what about us makes us more vulnerable or less vulnerable? Um, what are some of the triggers? What are some of the things that may cause us to be more willing to give to one cause or another or one scammer or another? So there's all kinds of amazing um, scientific and academic-based research that gives us information about this topic. And like I said, these folks use it just as much as the folks that use it for good use it. Matter of fact, they're really, really good at it, right? Here's some numbers from the FBI website, the report that they did in 2021. Victims losing more than $100,000 in the U.S. reported, reported, mind you, is about 3,133 people, about almost 100,000 total victims, 1.7 billion dollar in losses and this is just people 60 and older and about how many people do you think actually report that they've been scammed Two. not nearly as many as who have been scammed yes right yeah. so we know that these numbers are light um, we know that there are probably people sitting in this room right now who have been scammed and don't even know it. Myself included. I don't know. I may have. That's the scary part about scamming. Now, the good news about this is I don't have the, the map up here. I wish I did, but I, I failed to put it on the slide. Oklahoma is not as scammable. <laughs> as other states. Good news, Texas, far more people getting scammed in Texas. California, way more people getting scammed in California, Nevada, Florida, other states. So Oklahomans, hey, we're doing a pretty good job of avoiding scams or we're not as good at reporting it. I don't know which one. Pride is a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, we don't really know for sure the numbers, but these are some that have been reported. Now, interestingly enough, there's a lot of different departments in our uh, 
in our government and in our in our society, frankly, that that collect numbers. So uh, FBI is one of them. Uh, Department of Justice. The United States Senate also has what's called the Aging Committee. They have a, uh, a very interestingly enough, like we have the FBI doing this. Why do we need another committee doing it? But we do. Um, and so there's lots of people collecting data. And the aging committee uh, that is uh, put on, or is, that is uh, kind of instigated by the Senate, uh, they say these are the top five scams perpetrated against people age 60 and older from 2015 through 2020. So we're gonna talk about those uh, a little bit. And so government impersonation, sweepstakes, illegal robocalls and unsolicited phone calls, computer scams, and grandparent scams, which you guys have all heard about. And then the FBI says, we're gonna break it down even more. Like we're gonna give you a whole laundry list of the types of scams that are, are being perpetrated out there. Now my job today is not to tell you about all of these scams and all the details. That's what Triad does, that's what some of the other folks do. They do an amazing job of this. They break it down, they give you really more information about each of these scams but what I want to talk about today is what is it about us that makes us susceptible to these scams okay and kind of just an awareness of our own psychology what happens in our own brain both good and bad that uh, can cause us to be more susceptible uh, here are the top eight scams based on those two lists I kind of took a, a compilation of these and uh, and these are in order of prevalence, but again, depending on which list you look at, they may be ordered differently. The top one is called a romance scam, or in some circles you hear it called a sweetheart scam, right? Uh, does everybody know what that is? Okay, so let's just, I'll briefly describe these. So romance scam is when someone uh, thinks they are in a romantic relationship or a re uh, intimate relationship from a distance, usually, usually, and then that person who is the scammer asks for money or some sort of benefit to them, and because the person thinks that they are romantically involved, they give them money uh, either once or more than once until such time that the person is usually tipped off uh, as to the fact that they're no longer really in love, that they're just being used as an ATM card, and that may end. Um, what bothers me the most about romance scams is there, there are scams and there are cons, and I differentiate them. Now, they may or may not always differentiate them. To me, a scam is something that happens one time. It's small. It's kind of almost quick, like you pay for something that didn't ever show up, or you provided money to somebody like that you thought needed help, and it turns out they didn't really need help. To me, that's a scam. A con, usually to me, is a long-term thing, like where somebody has has really created a story and you're living a lie and you don't realize it and a uh, true story on the romance scam side you know a uh, lady that we had that came to our seminars back in the very beginning a really nice lady in her early 80s came to me one day she said nikki i'm getting married i said wow congratulations that's awesome who is the lucky gentleman am i going to get to meet him and she said well he probably won't come to the seminars she said, he's really busy. He's much younger than I am. <laughs> she was smiling. I mean, she was so happy. She's about this tall. And she danced. She did square dancing and ballroom dancing. Active lady, just really, really sharp. 
And she said, he's only in his 60s. And I said, wow, quite a, quite a, quite a catch, yeah? What does he do? And I started asking questions. Well, so time went on. She missed a few seminars, came back one day. She said, I need to talk to you about selling my house. I said, really? She said, yeah, we're going to move in together. We're going to buy a house together. Oh, she said, yeah. She said, we got married. We went to Vegas. We had a big ring. Turns out this gentleman did marry her, isolated her from her two daughters, one that lived here locally, one that lived at a distance. They did sell her house. Uh, they did purchase a house together in both of their names. He did have her change her trust to make him a co-trustee. He did transfer all the money out of her accounts into joint accounts. And then once they had done all that, he then told her she needed to sleep in the other bedroom. And when her daughters tried to help her see that this was not a real deal, that this guy had scammed her, she was angry at the daughters. How dare they question her decision-making? Um, I didn't hear from her for a very long time. Uh, we did not end up selling her house. The gentleman did not like me much. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I asked way too many questions. I was way too protective of her. And it was none of my damn business what they did, according to him. So as time went on, uh, I made a referral to Adult Protective Services just as a precaution, not that they could do anything. But uh, the daughter calls me uh, last year. They went to court to try to get guardianship of mom because mom is now beginning to show some signs of dementia. She is now broke. He now has all of her money and has literally isolated her to a bedroom in that house and fields her phone calls, her emails, and anything that comes in, he will not allow anybody to speak to her. Now, I don't know how that has turned out. I wish I had a happy ending. I wish I had any ending, but I don't. Um, it wasn't my place to get involved. I was only asked if it would be possible if they needed me to testify, could I? And I said I would do the best I could, but I didn't know that I had really relevant facts, right? Because they wouldn't let me in. Does it make sense? So he did this, by the way, by going dancing. He met her at the dance club. He got to know her. He built trust around her. They were attracted to one another. Now, can that happen? Yes! People meet and marry and have great relationships all the time in their 80s. But this guy perpetrated a fraud. He was a fraud. He was a con man. It took a long time for that to finally show itself. But when people like her daughters and myself and other people look back, there were signs. And we missed them. We felt them. Something wasn't right. But you couldn't put your finger on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And as for the lady, I, Pat, she's amazing. And here's the thing. She genuinely loved this guy. And who can question that? So it's tough. That is at the top because it is one of the hardest ones for people to fully realize 
but until it's too late. Now, second one really quick on that same, same romance scan. My dad, God love him. My dad, you guys, I talk about him all the time. He knows that, by the way. He thinks it's hilarious. Um, and he's, he is an amazing guy. He's in his 70s. He's funny. He's charismatic. He's, you know, he's just a neat guy. Um, he went on Match.com with the help of my half-brother, uh, nephew, I guess. Nephew did it. Put him on Match.com. Guess what? My dad had lots of matches. Lots and lots of matches. He was talking to women all over the world. My dad is not very techy. Not very techy. He'll tell you that. And he met a woman in, I think it was North Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, and he said, she's amazing, Nikki. I said, have you talked to her? Yeah, talked to her. Great, have you FaceTimed with her? No, I haven't FaceTimed with her. Talk to her though. She's nice, Nikki. Really nice. Great. He said, I think I'm going to go out there. Wonderful. Can I go? <laughs> really? You want to go? Yeah, I'd love to go. Pretty beautiful part of the country. Well, yeah, I guess you could go. Okay. A couple weeks go by. Dad, are you going to go visit this lady? Well, no, she actually wants to come here. But she didn't have the money. <laughs> So she asked me if I would front her the money for a plane ticket. My heart sank. Dad, have you considered that maybe this is a scam? Oh no, Nick, she's nice. She's not, her kids are smart, they're successful, she's got an attorney, and she's got this, she's got that. And guess what? My dad bought her a plane ticket. Guess what? Never showed up. Is that painful? Yeah. Could you see yourself doing that? I never saw my dad doing that. But guess what? He's lonely. And she played him. She played him. Right? My own dad. Tech support scams, real quick. Uh, this one, boy, I tell you, how many of y'all are getting text messages from people about uh, your you need to update the software on your computer, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. Yeah. So um, this one, guys, is tough. Again, it's a computer thing, and if you're not a computer-savvy person, then this one can be really, really difficult to know whether something's a scam or not. Um, and technology, even myself, I find myself, like, I'll forward a text to Chris, and I'll say, what do you think? And he'll say, scam, delete it. Scam, delete it, right? Because I don't know. And I'm what I would consider a decent, techie person. So uh, there are some ways to avoid that. There's lots of classes you can take on that, which I recommend you do. The grandparent scam, uh, where are you at, uh, Martha? Martha told me she just recently got that call about the grandkid who needed help, right? Was it at night when they called? Evening, okay, yep. How many of you, by show of hands, have gotten a grandparent, a grandchild in distress call? Okay, yeah, quite a few, yep. So the way that one works, you guys, is you get a call from someone who is usually calling on behalf of one of your grandchildren and saying that your grandchild is either in jail or has been hurt and is in the hospital and they need money and they didn't know who else to call and it's urgent and you gotta do it now and there's this really, really hard push for either a credit card by phone or a wire transfer or a, uh, some some sort of banking information right then and they suck the account dry now 
what you'll say is you'll say, well, let me, why didn't you call your parents? Why didn't you call his parents? Why well, didn't have their phone number? Or I tried to call them and they didn't answer, right? Something, they always have an answer. Like they've got a great story. Well, can I talk to them? No, they're in surgery. Or no, they're in jail. I need to bail them out, right? So they always have a really good excuse. Well, guys, I have grandkids now. And, you know, they're young. Fortunately, they're not old enough yet to have those problems. But I have kids that are 30, right? My son's still single. It could be him. It could be any family member. But here's the thing. You have to question. You're like, oh, my God. I got to help. And if it's in the middle of the night or if it's when you're, you know, in a hurry or something, you, you don't want to leave your kids stranded or your grandkids stranded. So the, what do they do? They prey on you. We're going to talk about the psychology behind that. Government impersonation scams, a uh, big, big problem. They call, they say that they're Social Security Office or that they're the IRS or that there's some other government agency and that you owe money, you have a debt. If you don't pay it, you will go to jail or some other negative consequence. Sweepstakes, um, this one is wonderful, especially um, when money is tight already and all you have to do is send in $300 and they'll give you $3,000. <laughs> and on a good day, you only have to send in $16,000 to get $2 million. That's a good deal. If the money's real, which it's not, right? Especially if you're like me and you didn't even enter a freaking lottery. <laughs> Like, really, did I win? I didn't even enter. That's cool. <laughs> Homer care scam, uh, these are, are less likely to be reported. But guys, this is very simply, the, especially here in Oklahoma during uh, storm season, you have a hailstorm or a tornado and you need to have your roof fixed and there are people literally uh, just going down door to door and saying, I can fix your roof or I can do whatever needs to be done. I can cut the tree down that fell on your garage and you give them money up front and then they never show back up. And it's just, it's plain and simple and those guys are out there doing it every season, every season. It's convenient, oh my God, the God, God I prayed and you sent me the guy. And no, he did not. I promise you it does not work that way. Okay, so you can make a couple of phone calls to us or somebody else that has reputable uh, resources. They'll give you people to do all those things. TV and radio scams, that's just simply things you hear on the TV or see on the TV, hear on the radio that are not true. Same way with internet, um, but they, they classify that differently. And then you got the family slash caregiver scam. And I, I look at that and I go, you know, that's what makes me more sad than anything. And that's when somebody you know and love takes advantage of you and it to me it's less scammy and more just the flat out wrong you know it, they may scam you but when it's family or friends or a caregiver that you know it doesn't feel like a scam it just feels like somebody has no conscience right yeah it feels personal so um, this article I found online, the U.S. Department of Justice uh, from Texas, 11 romance scammers charged with money laundering, wire fraud conspiracies. Guess what? Sometimes these people are caught, but mostly not. And when they are caught, guess what? They don't usually have to serve sentences, and if they do, it's very, very short, and they come right back out and do it again. So these guys are doing it over and over and over again. They just move to a different area. But I highlighted that one sentence. It says, according to court documents, these defendants allegedly preyed on elderly victims, many of whom were widowed or divorced. 
So there's a, there's a characteristic right there. They're looking for people who are widowed or divorced or single, obviously. They assume fake names and troll dating sites like Match.com and all the different ones searching for targets. So they're using the internet and they're using our data and our information because when you go online, whether it's Facebook or a dating site, you're giving them all the material they need to con you. My dad, online, put everything public, whether you were friends with him or not. So anybody and everybody could see his private data. I said, Dad, you need to close that off. That needs to be shut down so nobody can see that unless you give them permission to see that as a friend. And you only friend people on Facebook that you know. And he goes, well, what about all these people on Match that want to friend me? <laughs> well, let's not do that. But he's so friendly. He's just so friendly. He has never met a stranger. But guys, they use that against him, right? Because he is so loving and trusting and honest. He assumes that everyone else is. That's the first psychological kind of rule of thumb, is that we assume other people are like us. If I'm law-abiding, I assume other people are. If I'm religious and faith-based, I assume other people are. If I have a conscience, I assume other people do. Until proven otherwise, right? Yeah, Chris will tell you. I'll say, I'm a good judge of character. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> He's right, I'm not. I like people. I like them less lately. <laughs> After studying this. I like you guys. Because you're all like me. You're learning based and you're 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 good people. You're yeah, right? Okay, so let's just let's stop for a second. This is a good teachable moment. We've hung out now, many of you, for many years you've been coming to these, right? You don't know me, and I don't know you, but we have made certain assumptions about each other, haven't we? Based on the time we've spent together. Well, you've made, I've made up stories about you, and you've made up stories about me, and we don't even realize it. Think about that. People that you go to church with, people that you know from work, people that you know from your neighborhood, the more you see someone and think you know them, the more likely you are to be. Isn't that sad? So who are the scammers? Well, they'll tell you that they're psychopaths, they're narcissists, and they have Machiavellian beliefs. In, in other words, well, the end justifies the means. It's okay if I do this, if I do it for good. good example of that would be uh, these people who start charities for good causes, like let's say uh, human trafficking, for instance, right? That's a big hot button right now, sex trafficking. So you got sex trafficking, charitable organizations who want to help women and children and people get out of that trade, get out of it and get back on their feet. And so what they do sometimes to raise money is they make up stories about their own experience. They say that they had been themselves sex trafficked. They had been a victim of it themselves. And they tell you this story to get you to donate money for their good cause, a legitimate good cause. Is that okay? Is that an okay con? No. no. But it's for a good cause. It depends on the answer. 
Does it depend on the end result? Okay, so you give me $100,000 of your money that was in savings, and I, because I told you this story about my false history, and I take that 100000 I put it into this charitable cause, and we eventually, as a charity, go out and save 100 women from sex trafficking. Does that make my con okay? No. I'm getting mixed reviews here. How many of you, by a show of hands, say that con is okay? How many of you say absolutely not, not okay? Okay. A con is a con, right? But there are people out there who will say, I did it with good intentions. Every politician you know will say that. <laughs> I lied, but it was for your own good. Okay, our psychology, think about what we just did. That little exercise made you have to, you have, it took you a minute. Some of you were like, I don't know. I, mm, I don't know if that's okay. But if I said to you, I drained $100,000 out of your bank account by lying to you about being trafficked in the sex trafficking world, and I took that $100,000 $100, and I used it for drugs, not one of you would question whether or not that was okay. So what makes one con okay and one con not okay? Evangelists do it all the time. They'll tell you straight up. They made up a story. That sermon that they told... Total fiction. But you gave, and that money went to a good cause. You know what? Our psychology, when we give money to a good cause, what do we do? How does that feel? Oh, it feels good. I did something nice. I gave $5 to that guy on the corner. I'm a good person. Right? And that's, there's nothing wrong with giving. There's nothing wrong with giving. That's how our world works. That's why we're who we are in the United States is because we give and because we are charitable. And here in Oklahoma especially, we try to take care of our own people, right? But that's also part of the psychology that trips us up. So here you go. That same person who called you on the phone who you never met, who told you a con, who you gave $100,000 to, now you're at the gas station and you're going to pump gas in your car. And a guy or lady walks up to you and says, Hi, my daughter's in the hospital. She has leukemia. I ran out of gas on my way here, and I can't get there. I'm just trying to get to Mercy. Do you have $10? The part of you that says, I'm a good person, and I give to people in need because that's the right thing to do. That's how I was brought up. Wants to give that person $10. Matter of fact, some of you are just going to fill up their tank. I tell you what, I'll just pull forward, you pull your car up here, I'll put gas in it, we'll just fill it up, it'll all be good. And you drive away going, I did a good thing today, and that guy goes, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> or not. And how do you know? How do you know he didn't have a daughter in the hospital with leukemia that he needed to see? We don't. We do not know. So our psychology and, and our upbringing, our psychology is made up of what? What is, our, what is our psychology made up of? Help me out here. Uh, our conscience, based on what? Experiences, beliefs, and, well, no, values is the third one. Yeah, our intelligence has nothing to do with any of this. Some of the smartest people in the world have been scammed, and it has nothing to do with your IQ, 
It has nothing to do with your number of grades you completed or how you were ready. It has to do with the way we believe, right? The way we believe and the stories that we tell ourselves and that others tell us. So I'm going to keep going, but keep that in mind. We're going to come back to the intelligence thing here in a minute. So what about people who are desperate? What about the guy at the gas station? Or what about the niece, the long-lost niece, or the friend of the long-lost niece who calls you and who's desperate and in trouble? Well, there's a difference between cons and scammers and just pathological liars. Isn't that interesting? Now, can cons be pathological liars? Sure. But there are people who just lie and steal. There are people like that. Right? And usually they do it when they're desperate. You know what's interesting? I had a, a lady that I knew, Chris and I knew really well. She was actually a title uh, closer for a title company here in town. She processed loans, or closings rather, and she'd been with this company for a decade or more. I, I don't remember how long. Everybody loved her. We referred all of our business to her, and we found out that she had been uh, fired from her job pending an investigation of uh, uh, not extortion. What's the other word? Embezzlement. 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 Yeah, embezzlement. She had taken money out of their accounts. So they did find her to be guilty. She did go to jail uh, for a little bit. Um, now, this was a woman in her maybe 40s. Uh, had kids, had had some family problems, had a health problem in her family. I think she was taking care of her mom. And she had racked up a lot of debt, a lot of debt. And she didn't know how she was going to get out of it. And the only way she could see to get out of it was to take what money she could, little by little, out of this account. And, uh, you know, the sad part about it is if she had just asked the people she worked for, the owners of that business, they had given her that money or loaned it to her. But she was desperate, and otherwise a good person. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you guys, if that's the only thing she did wrong in her entire life, does that make her a con artist or a scammer, or does that just make her desperate and have a really bad situation in her life, right? So I do my best to not judge people. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think we all try not to judge people, but we do. Can we all agree? That whether we like it or not, we are judging machines. Good, bad, right, wrong. Right? And so in my mind, I try to go, okay, is this person desperate and they just need help? Or is this something they do for a living or for fun or just because that's their makeup? Do you guys believe that they might be born that way? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever met a nine-year-old that lies about everything? I have. I think they probably go on to make documentaries about those. And I hate to say that, but it's true. And if it's one of your children, I apologize about that, but it's due to no fault of your own, usually. Or it can be due to a childhood trauma. It can be due to abuse, and it can be due to those kinds of things. And people basically turn into somebody else to not be that person anymore. You've seen that, too. Okay, so what makes us susceptible? I told you I'd tell you that. So age, number one, they will tell you that the older we get, the more susceptible we are. Now, you are not going to like this. Do not shoot the messenger, but this is called the truth series for a reason. Are you ready? You say yes? yes. If you're not ready, just put your hands over your ear. <laughs> I'm going to use 80 because that's what the studies say. That does not mean everybody in this room that is 80 or older has cognitive decline. It does not mean that. What it does mean is that as we reach 80 and older, our brain does begin to shrink. As a matter of fact, it starts to shrink when we are 30. Did you know that? 
Okay? Now, I'm not talking about disease processes. I'm not talking about Alzheimer's or dementia or Parkinson's or anything else. I'm talking about natural brain shrinkage. Natural. Our brain gets smaller. The white matter decreases. Now, as that happens, if it decreases in our frontal cortex, guess what can happen? Our decision-making, what they call executive functioning, our decision-making rational brain doesn't necessarily function as well as it did. It may take longer to process information, or we may process something that, like you may be talking to someone and you may tell a friend, this is what I did, and they may go, have you lost your mind? And you're like, no, I haven't. I thought that was a good decision. And they're like, no, because your executive functioning is not operating at its optimal. And so, they, by the way, the scammers, the con artists, they know this. So guess what? Who are primary targets? Older people. Now, here's my issue with all these studies, and I don't know why, but the studies and all the reports from like FBI and all these people, they report 60, 60 years and older. Well, can we have a report that says 80 and older, please? Right? Because I kind of like to differentiate between is this happening to mostly 60 to 70 year olds or is this happening to mostly 80 to 100 year olds? I, I don't know. 60 and older is a big range. It's a big range. So, but here's what we do know is that uh, women, by the way, uh, are often widowed. Um, they live longer than men, generally. Men are catching up. Congratulations, guys, you're doing better. Um, but as we say, women kill their husbands off sooner, usually. So, so women live longer, and sometimes what happens, guys, is women are getting scammed because guess what? They are prone to the grandparent scam, the romance scam, and the tech scam. As we get older, how many of us really love technology? Can't wait to use our computer. Love, love, love those pop-up ads. None of us. We hate that stuff, and yet we we use it because it's a means to an end, right? If I want to order something on Amazon, I got to get on the darn thing. Yeah. If I want to book an airline ticket, I got to use it. Okay. So there are certain reasons we have to use technology, and what happens is so education uh, earlier it was said. Ed, did you say that? Oh, Jim said that. Jim said uh, education or intelligence is what you said. So education, when they say education is a uh, one of the correlates to making us success, successful, susceptible, there we go, it's not necessarily your level of education, it's your knowledge about certain issues, okay? So if there's no other reason to go join the computer club than that one, go join a computer club and learn how to use your device so that you know. And by the way, I'm a big Mac user, you guys know we use Apple products. And Apple products are far less likely to give you problems with scams and stuff. It's just better. The machinery is better at not popping up things. I was at Wanda at Jim's house one day. We were going to order her some curtains for her bedroom. And I turned around to use her computer that's a PC. And the first thing that happened was something popped up. And I, was, and I clicked it off. And something else popped up. And I finally just said, Chris! <laughs> Come fix this stupid computer! And he's like, what's wrong with it? I said, I don't know. And he goes, well, it's not a Mac. <laughs> That's the problem. That's our solution to everything, is get a Mac. But the reason is because it is more prone to, uh, not less prone, rather, to having those kinds of problems. That's not the solution to everything. 
Because once you get on the internet and you're on a website, things can pop up, yeah? Okay, but you gotta learn. So then the third one is depression. Now, I wanna be really clear because I'm gonna go to another slide and talk about this one. I don't mean just, it, most of you go, well, I'm not depressed, so that shouldn't be a problem. I'm not talking about depression like clinical depression. I'm, I'm talking about even sometimes just situational depression, like you're feeling bad because you lost a good friend or because something happened in your life or because you're watching the news and you see that children are killed in a school shooting, right? How many of you, your level of, of emotion sinks to its depths when those things happen, right? Yeah, that ruins my whole day. I mean, how can you not feel for that? So when I say depression, I'm talking about a variety of things, but I'm going to talk about these five right here. And when I say what makes us susceptible to scams, what I mean is the older we get, what makes us susceptible. Desire and need for social engagement. During the pandemic, we were shut in. We were isolated by the very nature of the, the shutdown, right? And so scammers preyed on people during that time because we needed social engagement. So any other time, you would not pick up your landline and talk to anybody. But during the pandemic, people were talking to scammers at length because they needed interaction with people. Matter of fact, I went to a lady's house. Uh, she, her daughter called about meeting. She was going to move to Spanish Cove. And I went and met with her. During the time I was in her house, no more than maybe 15, 20 minutes, I had sat down. We were trying to talk, and the phone just kept ringing, the landline. And she picked it up every time. Every time. Now, about the fourth time she picked it up, she was on there a little longer. And I'm in the same room, so I can hear her side of the conversation. And it was somebody calling to talk to her about gold and silver. And they had talked to her before. They knew her name. They knew her schedule. They knew which day of the week she preferred for them to call. And she said, you know, they said, is this a good time? She said, it's really not. I have a realtor here. Oh, you're going to sell your house. Really, what's going on? Well, I don't really have time to talk right now. She's here. Well, so do you still have some interest in selling some gold and silver? And, and, and she's like, well, I think so, but I just have so much going on. He goes, well, you know, it's a limited time offer. Can I call you back? When? And she said, well, call me back. And about Nikki, how long do you think this will take? I don't know, an hour? Okay, call me back in an hour. She's having friendly conversations with this guy who sounds like a really nice guy. I said, how long have you been talking with him? Oh, he's been calling for months. His name's Jason. He's got two kids. Lives in North Dakota. She knew everything about this guy, what she thought she knew about this guy, right? Yeah. So I did, I called her daughter. I, I rarely call people's family members um, because I feel like that's her business, right? But this lady I felt like was at risk. The people she had talked to, I, I said to her daughter, I said, I'm a little bit concerned about your mom because she's overly friendly with telemarketers. And I said, I don't know what you can do about that, but I'm just giving you a heads up. So her daughter um, moved her to Spanish Cove. In the course of hiring mature moves to do the move, we had to get a deposit, which I don't like to have to do because I'm trying to ask for money up front. 
because that's one of the things we tell people not to do. Don't give money up front, but by the way, we need a deposit. <laughs> right? It's very uh, paradoxical. So the daughter agreed to send the deposit. She said, I'll have mom write you a check and mail it. I said, okay. So I don't remember the amount, but let's just say for purposes of conversation, let's say it was $1,400. And we got the check, and the check was for $14. And so I called the daughter and I said, I'm a little bit concerned because the check was for $14 and the amount was, say, $1,400. She said, okay, I'll call mom back. Her mom could not remember how to write a check for $1,400. Do you think mom was experiencing some cognitive decline? Maybe. Do you think she also needed social engagement? Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so all of those things combined was a recipe for disaster when it comes to her, but a windfall for scammers, right? Uh, need for purposeful activity. They'll tell you that, you know, we all want to feel needed and we all want to feel busy, like we have something to do every day. So one of the things that uh, con artists will do over the long term is people will get roped into, this is what I need you to do today. I need you to get up and I need you to get dressed and I need you to go to Target. I need you to buy five gift cards in $20 increments. And then once you've done that, I need you to go to the post office. And when you get to the post office, don't talk to the postal person. Tell them you're sending them to your granddaughter and put them in an envelope and address them to me and send them to this location. It'll be a P.O. box. Or they'll say, I want you to call me back. Or they'll say, just stay on the phone and we'll just chat while you're going. Won't that be nice? Now we're going to get to know each other. And then when you get there, you won't be able to talk to the cashier. So you're talking to this person, then when you get out of there, you can give them the numbers on the back of the gift card, because they don't really need the gift cards, they just need the numbers. And so now, you've spent half a day doing this, and you feel very productive. And you have donated to a charitable cause for dogs who need to be rescued. And really what you did was you just gave $100 to some person who's going to use it for nefarious reasons, okay? So need for purposeful activity, they make people feel purposeful who aren't purposeful, okay? They give them something to do. Then heightened emotional arousal, feeling versus thinking. When you are dealing with grief, are your emotions heightened? Yes. Grief is a heightened emotion, heightened level of sadness, anger, despair, whatever it is. When you're happy, are your emotions heightened? Yes, granddaughter's getting married, son's graduating from college, you know, something just happened, it's happy, happy, happy. When you're feeling at a high level or a really low level, that's when they're at their best. And so what they want you to do is feel, not think. So when you say, I need to think about it, they go, oh, well, this is a limited time offer, and if you take time to think about it, then it's not going to be It's Just imagine how it's going to be when you get that $2 million in your account, and you can take that cruise you said you've been wanting to take for so many years. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would be great. Well, what kind of cruise would you take? A carnival cruise or a royal cruise? Oh, Royal Caribbean, for sure. $2 million. I could afford that. Yeah. And would you wear a night, would you wear a gown at night, or would you, what would you do? Oh, I'd sit in the casino, and I'd play all day long. Oh, that sounds awesome. Now, what happens to your emotions when you're doing that? They rise. You get excited. You get happy. You start to imagine things, and then that's when they say, why don't we go ahead and do this now? And then you can call your daughter tomorrow and tell her that you won the $2 million. She'll be so happy. Are you going to take her on the cruise? Right? They're really good at this. 
Matter of fact, I'm really good at this. It's scary. <sighs> Lack of understanding of technologies. Um, guys, if you don't know how to use your cell phone or how cell phones work, you're at risk. My stepdad, uh, God love him, had a flip phone until just a while back, and we decided in our infinite wisdom to get him a smartphone. And so he had a, an iPhone. And my stepdad, I've talked about in the past, has some mental health issues. He is bipolar, manic depressive. He goes through cycles of mania and cycles of depression. And when he was in between all of that, um, I get a phone call from him one day. Matter of fact, I was pulling up here to do a seminar. And um, I, I didn't get a call from him. I called him to see how he was doing. And he said, I'm on the other line. Can I call you back? And I said, yeah, who are you talking to? That was my standard question. Who are you talking to? He said, well, somebody from Amazon. Now, my stepdad doesn't know how to use the internet or a smartphone other than to make phone calls and text messages. I said, you're on the phone with Amazon? I tried to call Amazon. There is no flipping phone number for Amazon. <laughs> Good luck. That's like talking to Mark, Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, right? So I said, you're on the phone with Amazon, yeah. I said, well, why? Well, he said, I got a text message that said I had overpaid for something and they needed to refund my account. I said, well, did you buy something on Amazon? Well, I must have. I said, well, let's talk about that before you do anything. He said, well, but the guy's on the other line. I told him I'd be right back. And I said, okay, well, what are you doing on the other line with this guy? And he said, well, he has had me download an app, and he's currently on going on to my Amazon account so that he can help refund my account. And I said, I'll hold that thought for just a second. I'll, I'll be there in a minute, right? So I couldn't go, so I immediately I said, I hung up, called my stepdaughter, stepsister, his, his daughter, and I said, you got to call your dad. you got to get that taken care of. I called Chris. I was like, somebody go stop that, right? So once we figured it out, Courtney got on there, got over there. She said they had literally instructed him by phone to put it on speaker and to download an app. They told him where to go to do that, how to do it, and there's no telling how many hours they were on the phone with him. He had downloaded this app. They had then accessed the app, gone into his phone, which means they had access to his bank information on his app. They had access to all his passwords, all his so all his contacts, everything on his phone. He had proceeded then, they were the next step before we caught him was to access his bank account on his phone so that they could transfer money from his Amazon to his bank account. He has never ordered anything on Amazon. Okay? So because he doesn't understand what they were doing, he was just letting them do it because it sounded legit. Yeah? So first, don't let anybody download anything on your phone. Right? I mean, obviously. And, and it's kind of scary for us because sometimes what will happen, we'll be at your house and someone will say, can you help me with this? And then we help them. We take their phone and we put our contact in there so that they have it. And we have their phone because they trust us. If we wanted to do something bad, we would have that phone at our disposal, right? So trust is one of the biggest problems that people have. Well, how can you get anything done if you don't trust people, right? 
So we have to be discerning in terms of who to trust and who not to trust. The other three things that they say are positive correlations to people getting scammed are the three things that we pride ourselves on. The more patriotic, the more religious, and the more positive outlook a person has, the higher likelihood they are to be scammed. Skeptical people don't get scammed as often. Because they're skeptics. Well, that can't be true. That's too good to be true. They're not going to get scammed as much as the person who goes, Whoa! I prayed and God sent me the tree guy. You get my drift? Okay, so is prayer a bad thing? No. But we have got to pay attention to the fact that people will use that to their advantage. I was talking to uh, somebody the other day about a show I watched. Anybody watch Grace and Frankie? A few people. Guys will hate it. I love it. It's a Netflix show called Grace and Frankie starring Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I am addicted. It's on Netflix and I'm binge watching it at night. And one of the episodes is they're living in a beach house and it's owned by Jane Fonda's character Grace. And they have a bathtub in the second floor that falls through the roof and, or ceiling and hits, lands on their island in the kitchen. That's a problem. So, little Tomlin's character Grace says, I'm going to call and get the contractor. I'm going to hire him because I know how to do this and I am not going to allow us to get scammed. Uh, she's in the show. She's playing a 75 to 80 year old woman. I won't, there's a, 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 what do you call that? Uh, I don't want to give it away thing. Spoiler. Spoiler alert there, yeah. So she's playing this character that's between 75 and 80. She's very put together, very businesswoman-ish. So she's, she hires this contractor. The contractor comes out. He's doing an estimate. He's got two or three guys with him. They're looking around. And, and she says, uh, he says, uh, who did the, he said, this beautiful woodwork, who did the remodel on this house? And she said, oh, and she named the guy. She said, but he's, he died. And the contractor goes, oh, I hate to hear that. He was such a great guy, I knew him. Matter of fact, he gave me $5,000 to start my company when I was brand new. He mentored me in the business. Guess what? She hired him, no references. Guess what? She left, came back, they had stolen all her copper plumbing and left. So the house was now worse than it was when he showed up and she had given him a $10,000 deposit. She got scammed because she told the guy that the guy who did the work before died. He used that information. Nobody can verify that he didn't give him $5,000, right? For that. You can't verify that. So she, feeling emotion, trusted that guy immediately and hired him. No references. So our positive outlook, our belief, and by the way, patriotism. So people who are highly uh, patriotic, uh, typically also has served possibly in the military themselves or had a family member did, who did are more often to give to fake charitable organizations that relate back to veterans benefits and things like that so just keep that in mind right just because someone says they're with a veterans group doesn't mean they're with a veterans group so guess what when someone gets scammed oh my gosh and they find out um, if you're like me, you know, in, uh, in my younger years, I told all my friends about it. And then we'd go drinking <laughs> to make ourselves feel better. But nowadays, the older you get, you don't want people to know that you got scammed. 
and so you keep it to yourself because you don't want to look stupid or incompetent or unintelligent or you don't want your kids to take away your checkbook or your car keys or start checking in on you, God forbid, every flipping day, right? <laughs> you know what happened to Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda? Their kids got them life alerts. <laughs> and then moved them into Walden Village. <laughs> so these shows make light of the things that really people are really thinking. So your kids go, oh my God, mom just gave $10,000 away to a romance scammer. We've got to stop that. She must be losing her marbles. So guess what? You should tell your kids. Or your friend. Or the sheriff's department. Because you don't want to be labeled with whatever it is in your mind that you think you would be labeled with. So I would say one of the things, you've got to quit keeping this stuff secret. So instead of when someone you meet someone who's half your age and they want to marry you, that might be something to talk to a friend about. <laughs> or twice your age, for that matter. Or anybody, for that matter. Age is really not relevant to this situation, right? So. How can you report it? There's a lot of different ways you can report it. Obviously, any law enforcement agency, you can call them and they'll put you in the right direction. This is in your handout. Um, the Oklahoma District Attorney's Office, of course, the U.S. Department of Justice also has a hotline. Um, like, you know, I'm going to have uh, Ms. Tara talk here in just a minute about the SALT councils. Um, but my point here is to report it because here's the deal, guys. Um, if we don't report these things, and to me, it's less about reporting it for purposes of convicting somebody or getting them in trouble. It's more that we're admitting that this happened collectively as a group, as a society, so that it can be dealt with. Because until we do that, it's not going to be dealt with. And by the way, you can't get people, uh, you know, your friends and family love you. And so at the end of the day, let's get some help. But here are the strategies that I'm going to give you. These are different than what they teach in a lot of these other classes. But uh, first thing I is to say, admit we're all susceptible. I am just as susceptible as this as anybody in this room at any age. That I only gave you the over 60 statistics, but they have it broken down. 20-year-olds get scammed, 30-year-olds get scammed. Everybody is susceptible. So this isn't just about age. It just happens to be a higher targeted category. Be willing to ask others for input. This is one of the things I love the most about both senior living communities and the villages is that when you're a member of a community of people, uh, and this could be true of your church group, this could be true of any kind of uh, book club that you're in, if you have a relationship with those people that you know each other, this is where you talk about this stuff. This is when you pull someone aside and say, look, I need to talk to somebody about this, I'm not sure. Or I have a contractor and he keeps asking me for money and I'm not sure if I should keep giving it to him. Ask somebody. Right? Ask somebody. So always review references. I tell people all the time, and, and you guys, those of you who have been coming two or three years to us here at the Senior Living Truth Series, you hire us as a real estate firm. We go to your house, we meet with you, and we decide to do move management. We ask you for a $1,400 check. Should you check our references? Yes! Do not treat people any differently just because you've been coming to a seminar where you hear me speak at the front of the room. I could be a con just as well as any of these other guys on the telephone, and you do not know that. So we bring references, and we ask you to check references. 
Now, we're a little more legit. Obviously, we're in the public eye. We've got the law enforcement people here. You know, yes, we're a little more trustworthy. But you should not change your routine because guess what? If you don't call my references, you may not call the tree guy's references. Does that make sense? Now, if I am the tree guy's references and you've checked my references, then you've checked a reference. Does that make sense? Okay, so check references. Sleep on it. I, I have to tell you, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, and that is when Shannon and I meet with people uh, about real estate, and especially right now with the market being absolutely crazy, and we say, you know, we hate to tell you this, but really time is of the essence, and we don't want to pressure you, but there are times that time is of the essence. And they say, well, I want to sleep about it, or I want to pray on it, or I want to talk to my kids, or I want to talk to my attorney. Our, our answer is absolutely, absolutely. If you need to do that to feel comfortable, you do that. You tell us when you're ready, period. And if there's somebody pressuring you to sign something right then, that should be a red flag. I don't care what field they're in. There is nothing that urgent, unless you're going into surgery or something, and the doctor says, I can't cut your appendix out unless you sign this, that might be more urgent. But other than that, I can't think of something that you shouldn't sleep on, can you? That grandchild in jail can wait till tomorrow. They can. They sure can, yep. Allow for healthy skepticism. It's okay to not trust everybody. Dad, I love you. It's okay. Not everybody's trustworthy. Stay engaged socially. Even when you don't feel well, even when things aren't going well, even when your uh, emotions are low, you've got some depression going on, make sure you stay in contact with people because it's when you're disconnected from people someone else swoops in they make you feel good they make you feel loved they make you feel wanted they make you feel needed all of these things that you wish your family would do for you but they suck at it scammers know when you miss your kids or your grandkids and they will capitalize on that. They will become the grandkid you wish you had and that you would pour money into if they were here. That scammer will be happy to be them. And they will. And then lastly, um, report it, report it, report it. Um, we've got such amazing law enforcement people here, you guys. Um, and they're loving, they're caring, they're kind, they're compassionate. and. They're advocating for us, and they want to stop this stuff, but they can't stop it if they don't know about it, right? They can't stop what they don't know. So we've got to do that. So Tara, where are you at? Come on up, girl. Give her a round of applause. She's going to come up and tell us a little bit about the um, Salt Council. Um, I, I did not have her on my agenda today, so she's doing this totally off the cuff, so she's uh, so kind. And what I would love for you to tell these guys is who you are, what you do, and then what you think the best resources for them are that they could access through you guys. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, thank you, for, uh, Nikki, for having You're me. I awesome. really appreciate yeah. it. Like I said, yeah. uh, I just signed up just like you guys did. I've yeah. heard about this series for a while, um, but I've had a standing conflict, and I haven't been able to make it until today, and I've adjusted my schedule so I can start participating. And, I'm and really she stands out like a sore thumb, so when she walked in, I thought, oh, 
God, what I do this time. <laughs> it's okay, I smile. Yes, I don't, I don't come uh, with door busters. I come smiling. So, And some faces I recognize actually here. So um, actually, yes, I'll pay you for the standing ovation later today when I see you. Okay, all right. So. <laughs> um, Actually, like Nikki said, my name's Deputy Tara Harden, and I am the Triad Coordinator for Oklahoma County. Um, some of you may have been involved with Triad in the past uh, with Deputy Kim Lopez, and she moved on to another county, um, and I am the new Triad Coordinator. Um, I hope that you will come out um, to one of my meetings, and I'm getting ready to tell you just a little bit about those. I hold um, a lesson at 19 locations around the county every month. Um, and I give you a different lesson every month. It's, it's very ironic that um, some of the slides and the things that Nikki was teaching on today are the very things that I'm teaching on this month. Um, and so I want to just kind of touch one on, on one of the sure. slides yeah. that you had. The, if you'll remember the That's FBI true. slide she had that had the 2021 going down the side. Yeah, I'm going to go back to those please. statistics. That right one. there, yep. that one right there. One of the things she didn't mention on here that I've been talking about this month, see that 74%, 74% increase, that's $1.7 billion is a 74% increase from last year. Think about when you were in the working world, if you had reported a 74% change to your boss for the year, good or bad. Right. You'd raise some eyebrows, right? You'd get some attention. If your church grew by 74% this year, you're turning some heads, right? Your church is getting some attention. 74% increase, that is huge. It's huge. But what that page doesn't tell you is that the number of reporting victims actually went down and the dollar value went up. That tells us that they're honing their craft. They're getting better and better and better at getting us to believe the story when they make contact with us. They're getting us to click on those links. They're getting us to send that money. So our lessons that we give, we always give you tips on ways to avoid it. One of the things I say, and then Nikki talked, hit on it in her stories, don't answer that cell phone. Don't answer that phone. Just just simply don't answer your phone. I know that in your generation, phones are, are a polite thing and it's, it's impolite to leave the phone ringing. But if you knew it was a scammer on the other side, wouldn't you leave it ringing? Let them leave a message and call yep. them back. Do, let them leave a message. The other thing I teach all the time is don't click on links. And if you take anything away from any of my lessons, it's that, don't click on links. Okay, don't click on links in your text messages. Don't click on links in your emails. Don't click on links on Facebook. Don't click on links when you're on your email and all those wonderful ads for all the things that you've been wanting pop up. Don't click on links. Links are an open door to allow the hackers into your devices. Okay, there's two types of hacking and Nikki hit on both of them. One of them is social engineering. Okay, it's that phone call, it's that making that personal connection, it's that getting you to believe what they're telling you. And the other is the computer geeks, it's the code hacking, and they're sitting there getting breaking into all of your passwords. They never even have to talk to you. They never even have to talk to you. All they need to do is get you to click on that link or to pick up that phone and their computers start doing the work. 
okay? Please come to one of my lessons. Um, this month, again, it's on a lot of that stuff that we've been talking about today. Next month, we're talking about skimmers, those devices that are on the gas pumps and in the Walmart and that are stealing your credit card information. By the way, there's some now that all I have to do is carry in my pocket and walk through the crowd. Okay, so next month we're talking about skimmers. I have 19 locations. You come here a one hour lesson. It's on the back of these brochures and these brochures are by the door. So I invite you to come out. Thank you. You know we've got these amazing people and so I'm, I'm we've got don't go too far Tara because we may have some questions for you uh, so I wanted to say something about the clicking on links thing because you know we're we're in the business of real estate and there's lots of links to be clicked in real estate so when someone is transacting real estate with us uh, Shannon and Kim and our team and Jake we do it in person and a lot of real estate agents have forgotten that you can actually do things with a pen and a piece of paper it's funny how that works you know you really you can sign things with an ink pen but because real estate has gotten so digitized that a lot of realtors now, they send you a link to look at a house and you say, oh, I love that house. And you click on a link to set up the showing and then they go meet you for the showing and then they send you another link to find out what your feedback is about the showing. And then when you say you like it and you'd like to write a contract, they write the contract online, they send you the contract and they tell you to read it and click on the link to sign your signature. And then after you clicked on that link, they take that contract and they send it in to the other agent they have the buyer do the exact same thing and the buyer counter this I'm sorry seller do the same thing the seller counters on it and then they send it back and say now you need to do it again so you will click on somewhere around 30 to 40 links just to do that and we don't have you do any of those we do it all on pen and paper why because of what she just said how do you know if the link I send you is legit or not or if it's coming from some random scammer and sometimes our links they look perfectly normal to us but you've never seen it before and so if you're questioning whether or not you should do things online because that's the way we do it now you can tell them to go jump in the proverbial lake that you'd like to talk to somebody on the phone and you'd like to have them mail you or come and meet you or you go to their office with the paperwork whether it's insurance or real estate or whatever it is if they won't do business with you the way that you want to do business then don't do business with them it's that simple and you have the right to do that we still have pen and paper for crying out loud it takes longer it takes longer but it, it's it's doable and we do it every day okay questions for myself or for Tara or anybody else in our sponsor tables yes sir yeah, just one thing on so many things on the internet oh sorry thank you, you Jay they ask you for the cookies do you accept the cookies? yeah should you accept and the cookies usually you can't use the program unless you click the cookies what what's the what's going what's on? the solution Tara what would you tell them about the cookies would you say accept cookies or dismiss or well, let's hear what you have to say and then I'll I'll tell you my two cents too I would say first of all if it allows you to continue without it absolutely do that just ignore it it may it may remain as a little pop-up across the bottom so it limits how much you can read at a time but just ignore it another um, thing is be very wary about the site that you're on if you're going to allow that yeah. um, there are a couple of things that you can do to check the security of the site first of all up at the very top where the address is 
check and make sure it says HTTPS, okay? That S means secure. Um, and there's also, a, if it's just HTTP, you're not on a secure site, okay? And the other thing is that there's a little like a padlock looking thing right there beside where you plug in the address. Um, that should be in the locked position as well. I also would suggest you go in and delete all of your cookies every once in a while. Yes. Yeah, so let me uh, just add to that. You know, what I think is important is that's a, such a beautiful question. And the answer to that on my end is I always try to click somewhere on the page away from that box. And a lot of times it'll disappear. Uh, it'll just go away. But it, if you aren't sure about these kinds of, like you don't even know what, how many of you don't know what a cookie is? on the computer. Okay, fair enough, right? I had to look it up too. So here's the deal. That's why I say if you want to do something productive with your time, go take a class on this. Uh, the Votex offer community education on this. The Oklahoma City Computer Club offers education on this. There's tons of resources that are free uh, to people of all kinds for this. And so just go, you know what, write down a list of things that you have questions about and go sit in on one of those classes or ask a computer geek or ask your Apple Store people. But that's a valid question. Uh, thank you for asking that. Yes, Miss Betty. Uh, have you noticed the people, the young people standing at Walmart or these other grocery stores, they want you to donate, but you have to use your credit card? Tara, we can get Tara, the, I'll let her feel that. Stand up here on the corner of Tara so they can see you a little bit better. There you go. Okay, yeah, so you're on camera. We're, we're recording, so yeah. Yeah, that's great. Just stay up here with me. Yeah. I, I like it. I like standing here with a with a law enforcement officer not in trouble. <laughs> okay, so they want you to use your credit card. So I would, uh, for a donation, she's talking about the donations at Walmart and they want you to use your credit card. My personal um, advice for that is long before it comes time to donate, okay? And, and these type of donations also will pop up with regards to storm damage, um, any type of natural disaster, you see all of these charities begin to pop up. I would suggest long before you're standing there making that decision that you decide who you would like to donate to and how much you would like to donate. Do your research on those charities and be very satisfied and happy with what you've decided to give. And be okay with saying no to the rest. I, yes, I think that's the absolutely. hard part, right? I walk, I walk by the Girl Scouts, right. and here's how I walk by them. Our, our charitable giving is a fantastic thing, like Nikki said. It's what, kind of what makes us Americans. Um, but you can't give to everybody. But charitable giving is part of your budget, okay? It's part of your budget. And so do that homework on that charity um, and so, be, be satisfied and happy with what you've made that decision when you weren't under pressure and that emotional strain there. So would it make sense, just I'm gonna hypothesize, let's say it is Girl Scouts. And you know, you've gone to the grocery store that day and you know that they're gonna be there when you go back. So you go home, you write a check to the Girl Scouts and you have it with you. And instead of giving cash or using your credit card, you could say, you know, I came prepared and I have, I wanna buy some cookies and donate the rest or whatever you wanna do. And, and that, they'll take your check, right? Yes, yes. And to me, that makes more sense now that I'm thinking about it. Because what happens is you make a spontaneous decision like that. You're not thinking. That's when you get screwed up. That's exactly right. And, and that's the key to what you just said, yeah. um, is going home and making that decision. Now, if you're going to write a check 
Make sure you are using gel, G-E-L, ink on any check you write to anybody. Gel ink is not washable. Ballpoint ink is washable with simple fingernail polish remover. Um, there have been some major mail compromises recently, um, and checks are disappearing out of the mail. Wow, I did not know that. Yes. Others have yes. been today, y'all. Yeah. Okay, yep. Don't use our pens here then. <laughs> don't, use, don't use these pens to write checks. Good information. Good information. You can buy the gel ink right next to the other ink. Just look for it. It specifically says gel. It costs no more money. Just look for it. All right, ma'am, what is your question? Complete care uh, to pay for service, right? For for it's a service. Yep. And she, her question is, can I assume that they have vetted their people because they get on your computer and they take it over? Yeah. Yes. If you if you use Cox, Cox is a legitimate business, and if you have contracted to do that. Now, the thing I would caution you against. Um, is if you start receiving emails from Cox that says, hey, we've updated our security, click here, right. okay? Don't click here, don't call that number in that email. You contact Cox the way you've always contacted Cox. Verify that they really sent you that email and that they really are doing what they say they need you to do in that email before you click on that link. Yeah, that's really the key is that, you know, these legitimate companies are legitimate companies. Absolutely. But someone can be pretend that they're them, so fraudulently try to be the them. The scammers and hackers, like I said, have honed their craft. They are getting very good at looking legitimate. No longer are we seeing the emails with the um, grammatical errors and yeah. the spelling errors and the yeah. exorbitant amounts of money that they have supposedly charged you because we've gotten wise to those. They're, They're looking very realistic and legitimate. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we got time for a couple more questions. I'm going to get back here and then I'll come over here. Yes. I just want to state two things. One is don't click on a link from an email or a text message from somebody you know if it looks weird. Um, Hey, I thought you might know this guy. Don't click that link. Yeah, so to her point, if, if somebody you think you know or somebody you do know sends you some and says, hey, I think you might know this guy or something, and they send you a link, don't click on the link. Because a lot of times they have basically uh, hacked your friend's contact list and they somebody else has sent that. So look at the message and make sure it's coming from the place you think it's coming from. Yeah. The other thing is we got scammed almost by the washing of the checks. Um, it was at Christmas time, I sent like 20 bills, payments off for all kinds of things at once, and started getting phone calls about our checks. And the big catch was the bank caught it. I put my bills in the mailbox at the post office that was outside. And they had kids going by with fishing poles and bubble gum on the bottom, pulling things out of it. And if the bank hadn't caught it, we'd have been hit really bad. So how do you know where to drop your mail off so that your mail's not stolen? Inside the post office. Walk it inside and put it in the wall to where it goes inside. Do not use the big blue bins. Well, there you go. Learn something else new today. All right, leave. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Leonard. Sorry. 
Cox, interesting. Two weeks ago, I got a call from Cox on the telephone. And I answered the phone, where it was Cox. And the lady says, we're, we're upgrading from 4G to 5G. We need to do some stuff on your account. I said, well, I, I questioned her. I questioned her. And I finally said, I don't like this. I'm going to call Cox and have them do it. She said, well, I wish I'd done that earlier. You wouldn't have wasted my time. It was a So you want to repeat that so they can hear you? Yes. So what he says is he got a call from Cox. Um, uh, doing an upgrade and they needed him to do some things and he caught on that it might be a scam and he said, you know what, I'm just going to call Cox. And they said, well, I wish you wouldn't have wasted my time. Good, good, good thinking. And I tell everybody, verify, have that story ready in your mind to get off the phone so that you can make that call and make that contact the way you've always made contact. Okay, have that story in the back of your mind of, Oh, I really want to talk to you. I need, I, I, you're right, I need to get this handled, but I'm yeah. sorry I'm having stomach problems today. I'm just going to call you back in five minutes. Well, you know, the better thing is, why did you answer the call from Cox? Exactly. Why? Well, I call Cox periodically. I've never had them call me, but I knew when I answered the phone to be lured. Okay, yeah. So again, what would happen if they had just left a message? Most of the time, if it's a scam, they don't leave a message. It's a robo-dial, and, and the only way they're going to talk to you is if somebody picks up. So they're dialing sometimes, what is it, Chris, five or more at a time? Easy. They're easy. They're dialing, 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 and when someone picks up, all the other dials stop, and they deal with the one who picked up. So it's really just a, it's a law of numbers. Somebody's going to pick up. So again, just don't pick up. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Well, and one thing to note on that, and I, I thought you were probably going to say, well, it, the caller ID said it was Cox. Um, oh, if you right. are not aware, there is something yeah. called spoofing, and it is actually very, very easy to do. I can make your caller ID read anything I want it to read. Okay, so I can be in Russia. We're going to pick on Russia since they're the bad guys in the news right now. Okay, I can be in Russia and a scammer, and I can call you and make it look like it comes from the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office. And I can say, This is Deputy Harden from the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office, and I need to talk to you about a warrant that you have. And that's what your caller ID said, so you believe it. Yeah. Don't believe your caller ID. Do not believe your caller ID. You know, that's Chris and I have a voice over IP service, so we utilize a, a, a service that allows me to forward calls to my team, and it's a business thing. And the caller ID, we have the ability to set it up to say what we want it to say. And it's not even illegal. I mean, it's just a legitimate service that we can use. I can make it say that, you know, George Clooney's calling you if I want to. I mean, he kind of looks like George Clooney, but, you know. I'd be happy to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. so I can have it in my phone and say, let's see George Clooney. All right, guys, we've run out of time, but uh, if you're going to hang, are you going to hang out for a few minutes? Yes, Please visit one of the Salt Council meetings. Uh, their brochures are right back here, which is where she'll be. Uh, our other education partners have things at their table. So I would recommend you just start on one side or the other and make your way around. And we've got this room for plenty of time, so hang out. Um, did you all learn something today? Yes? Awesome. All right. Uh, be sure to, in your, on your eval, please look at your eval. And on your eval, you have the ability to sign up for any of the upcoming classes. You can just check the box, and Naomi will call you to confirm. And when you're finished with your evaluation, Jim is back here in purple, and he would be glad to take that from you when you go. Chris? And they register for the other upcoming events. And, 
You can register for all the events that are coming up here in the next little short bit on your eval. Thank you guys for coming. We'll see you next month.